Amen. Of course, we are going to miss Pastor already, feeling his absence. And I appreciate Pastor and his confidence in asking me to take care of these services while he's out of town. And uh, we're just going to try and have church. Because that's what we're supposed to do, right? Supposed to have church. Because that's what we are. Amen. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 9, and I'll start with verse 7, and then we'll read through verse number 12. Amen. Verse number 7 says, Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments be always white, and let thy head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life, of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun all the days of thy vanity. For this is thy portion in this life, and in thy labor which thou takest under the sun. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time, when it falleth suddenly upon them. Amen. You can lay your Bibles down. Let's ask the Lord to help us in this service tonight. Thank you. Let it have liberty, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I love you. God, I praise you. God, I worship you. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can be seated tonight. Amen, amen. Amen. Uh, the wise man wrote in this passage of Scripture, it's a... But at least two of the verses in here are, are relatively familiar. Verse number 10, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. There is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. That's a familiar verse. The next scripture is also familiar. I return, saw unto the sun, races not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor yet the bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. But I I want you to focus on verse number 12. It says, For man also knoweth not his time. Man doesn't know his time. What does that mean? I I don't doesn't make perfect sense as on the surface. Well, I'm as I was praying this afternoon and dealing with I feel like the Lord kind of showed me, just kind of dealt with me about this scripture that that you know we we can choose a lot of things in life. We have a lot of choices, we have a lot of selections, and even more so now, you know, than in times past. Um, you know, many of us have the opportunity to choose what kind of job that we work, 
We have the opportunity to choose what kind of clothes and what style we like to dress in or, or not choose. We just kind of throw something on. Uh, we get to choose how we do our hair. We get to, or, or not. Yeah, so there's a lot of choices in our life. There's just a lot of, a lot of options that we have. But there's, there's a couple of things, a few things actually, that we can't choose. Can't choose who our mom and our daddy is. And mom and dad, my skin is white. And I didn't choose any of it. This kind of was there. Well, I probably chose. Yeah, anyway. Um, but, but there are some things that we don't choose. We don't choose our skin color. We don't choose where we're born, what nationality we are, what country we should, that we're a part of, what, what country we're native to. And um, when I went out to Colorado Springs, there's a big, there's a big um, to-do that they make about being a native Colorado person. Andriana, my girlfriend, is a native Colorado person. I don't know how you say that. She's a native. She says she's a native. And I'm like, what does that mean? You're like an Indian? or, and Because it just sounds goofy. But they're proud of the fact that they're native to that area because it's such a beautiful area. There's so much nature there. And, and uh, the, the God has done a phenomenal job designing the landscape of Colorado. But then they make fun of me for being from Kansas. And I try to tell them that I didn't choose that. But if I, would, I, if I could, I would have, because I like Kansas. There's a lot of productivity done in Kansas. 90% of the nation's corn and wheat and barley is produced in Kansas. We have a reason to be proud. Also, Kansas City is one of the most entrepreneurial cities in the United States. I think it was within the top ten. Josh, you can tell me after church whether or not I'm right or wrong. Or you can take it right now. Just take the floor. But um, so can't so. But the thing is, I didn't choose whether or not I like Kansas. I mean, I didn't choose whether or not I was born in Kansas, but I did choose whether or not I like it. Okay. <clears throat> and so another thing that we cannot choose is the time that we're born in. We think about the old Pentecost, the old Brush Harbor days of of how much glory and revival that those folks had. But we're not living in those days. And I, I don't want to... They didn't choose where they were at. They didn't choose uh, what time it was. They didn't choose uh, the, the type of technology that was available. They didn't choose any of that. And, and many times, um, the, you know, the, the old timers will sometimes say things... Uh, and they have every right to do so because, you know, they talk about how they went up, went to school in the rain, the sleet, snow, and uphill both ways. And it was just, it was just a rough life. And, and truly, indeed, it really was. But it was just a different time. They had their own situations. They had their own problems that they had to deal with. Okay? I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. It's not just, it's, I'm not just being vague here. I, I'm trying to help you understand that, that the time that you're born in was God chosen. It wasn't our choice. It was God's choice to put us in this place at this season. It was His plan, His design, His goal, His, 
His strategy to save Olathe, Kansas, was to put Brother Chad Johnson at New Life Pentecostal Church in 2018. To put Josh Santiago at New Life Pentecostal Church in 2018. Amen. And the thing is that... Um, I kind of did this backwards. I was supposed to talk about chance first, not time, but oh well. Chance is also something that's an uncontrollable factor of life. We cannot control. One thing I can guarantee you is someday you're going to have a problem. Sometime life is just going to happen, and you're going to lose control of, of your, your, you're going to have a plan, and it's going to be, Messed up. Because chance happeneth to them all. He said that the race is not to the swift. What does that mean? You're the one that's running every day. The one that's every day. He might twist an ankle. Or tear. What is that thing down there that's almost irreparable? The, is, what is it? Achilles? No. I, I was thinking of like the, uh, it doesn't matter. I'll think of it later. Anyway, you could tear it, and you can never run as fast as you ever did before. And a lot, it affects a lot of athletes. And when they're playing football or basketball, they're, um, they have that issue. What? ACL. That's what I was looking for. I was going to say TCL, but it's an ACL. And it's, it causes a lot of pain and a lot of heartache and a lot of, the thing is, that, that athlete never intended to tear his ACL. But it does affect him. I don't care how much practice he put into it. I don't care how much, how much effort, how much time he spent as a child. Once that occurs, it's a difficult, uh, and it can be recovered from, of course, but uh, that game he probably didn't make the most points in. The battle's not to the strong. You know, the most, you know America, I'm listening to a story on Audible, talking about special forces, and of course, I'm, but these, these Navy SEALs, top of the line, the most advanced in technology and exercise, they, they've worked out, they've, every time they go into a mission, they strategize, they, they, they exercise, they plan it out, they do mock-ups, and they run through, do these test runs of, of their mission, but even that, Mission is not guaranteed to that special force operator. Because chance happeneth to them all. And he cannot control what factors are all involved, okay? And then he says, For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes are taken in an evil net. As the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in evil. When you least expect it, there's, there's a snare awaiting you. And that's, and that's what he said. He said, he's like, we're in a time and, and we can't choose. We cannot choose what time we're living in. We cannot choose the day-to-day -day struggles that we have because it's just going to happen. We can't choose those two things. There's another thing that's going to occur that we cannot choose, and that's the day that we die. 
We cannot choose. We can affect it as best as possible, living healthy and exercising and doing whatever we feel like. But ultimately, we cannot choose the day, the moment. It's left up to God. So, I'm kind of taking this backwards, but verse 12 says we, have, we, don't, we can't choose our time. We can't choose the time that we're going to die. Verse 11 says that we can't choose the chance, the chances that we have, all the things. Whether or not we're successful or not is not dependent necessarily on how much effort or how good we are or because we're so talented in certain areas. It's not because of that. I'm, I'm not the one that said it. It's the, the wise man. The wisest man on earth said it. Okay? You have a problem with it, you take it up with him. In the rapture, I guess. But, if he's there. But, um, you, you can't control that. But what we can control, and this is what I want to talk about just for the next few minutes, is what we're doing right now. Can't control where we were placed when we were placed there, we cannot control where we're going and when we're going there. But what we can control is whatsoever the hand findeth to do. Wherever life takes you, wherever your life's journey ends you up, I don't know if that's proper grammar. Wherever you end up, it's how you Act right then and right there. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your mind. Then I could, I could, I could live my dreams. I could, I could become who I want to be. If I had, if I had this, and there's always these conditions and things that, if it was this way, then I would do this. If I could get this, then this would happen. I'd make this happen. But the psalmist said, or the, the wise men said, you can't control what you have and where you're going. What you can't control is what you do with what you do have. You can't control what you have. You cannot control. It's not a choice for you, but what you can control is what you're doing with it. Hallelujah. I'm, I, I think of the... the the parable that Jesus gave, the, the men with the talents of gold. The master gave three men talents. One he gave two, one he gave five, one he gave ten, I believe. We gave them all one, and then they all produced that number. It wasn't, they all received the same thing. They all received the same balance, and that's what the wise men saying here is, is that every Everybody is on the same playing field. It's not one per, you're not, you don't have any advantage just because, you know, somebody's born, born in a certain, with a certain pedigree, has certain parents, or this, that, and the other. All of that is just excuses because chance happens to everybody. It rains on the just and on the unjust. I know this is... A simple message. It's not anything profound. I just, I felt like the Lord was dealing with me about this. And I do feel like the Lord spoke to me when I read this passage and said, somebody needs to hear this, this message tonight. 
Amen. For God now accepteth thy works, is what he says in nine, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 7. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. Why is he saying, stop beating yourself up, your generation? And he told us, he was talking about how our generation's problem is affluence. It's not, we don't have the struggles that, that they had in the, that the old days, the early 1900s. We don't have those problems. We don't have, we don't have to pray and have faith to ask God to help us make ends meet. Some of us still do. I, I'm not knocking everybody. I'm just saying, but for the majority of the church of the living God, most of us have a good job. And if we don't, it's our own fault. It's not because God is not, because God cannot provide. It's because we're too lazy to get out there and do it. But, but what, what, what he was talking about was that the, that there is such a, there's such a spirit of affluence that, that the thing that our generation has to conquer is living for God even when everything's going well. When we have our dream car. When we have our beautiful home. Well, maybe I'm out of line. Maybe I can just we can shut up shop here in just a few minutes, but... It's important that we, as an individual, analyze and, and look at our own self and say, God, what are the problems in my life? Yeah, we can, we can wait for pastor to tap us on the shoulder and say, hey, you need to fix that. You can wait for that to happen. But it's likely that it may never happen. It's Important that we have our own direct relationship with God so that he can let us know, listen, you need, to, you need to give this up. You need to change this. You need to deal with this. Because time and chance happens to everyone. real. I understand that. I've been through a few of my own. But you've got, to, you've got it somewhere in, in life and, and in your own walk with God and your own determination. Say, God, I'm not going to let that get me down. I'm not going to let it attack me every day that I wake up and, and affect my thinking and affect the way I'm walking. But I'm making my mind up that whatever, whatever I'm doing, wherever I'm at, Listen, I feel the burden of the word of the Lord upon me right now. I'm telling you that whatever that God has placed you in, wherever God has put you, it's your responsibility, Andrew, to make sure that you give it all that you've got. That we go above and beyond the call of duty. That, that when pastor asks me to sing a special or pastor asks me to pray uh, that, uh, that hourly prayer chain or, or when he asks us to fast, I'm not going to try and cut corners. What I'm interested in is giving God everything that I've got. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou, 
It's your responsibility to love him with all your heart, all your soul, and with all thy might. Everything that you got. Quit making excuses. Quit making excuses. I hope that I'm not, I'll be your friend after church, okay? I do love everybody, and I'm preaching to myself too. But I feel like the Lord is, there's something burning in me right now that there was a, there was a husband and there was a, uh, a wine dresser. The Bible tells us a story. Jesus told a parable. Owner of a vineyard hired a wine dresser and some other men to take care of the way he, he acclaimed himself. He, he, this is his title. This is what he did. This is his career choice. He was a successful husbandman. And so the owner of the vineyard said, I don't have time to deal with this particular vineyard. I'm going to hire you because of your resume, because I think that you're the best man for the job. So he handpicks this man, puts him in this vineyard. And he goes through, he goes through all the, he goes through all the necessary conditions and precautions and, and, and places a nice fence around the vineyard. And places, and he doesn't spare any expense with the, vin, the vines themselves. He has the most fruitful, most productive vines. And in fact, that year, there wasn't really any thunderstorms or any, any rain of, of any mention, worth any mention. That it, was, it was just a simple summer, simple harvest time. And when harvest time came, that owner of the vineyard expected that when he got there, husbandman would have something, husbandman would have something to produce and show up. But when he got there, husbandman receives him and says, hey, why don't we go inside and and uh, let's have something to drink and have some dinner. I got wife has made some dinner for you. And owner's okay, kind of scratching his head. Walks in the house and they sit down and he starts feeding him. And, and he's like, "Well, how you know how how did it go this year? How how did how's the harvest? Do we have anything?" He's like, "Oh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's just here's a drink. Here's some nice sweet tea." And he's like, okay, kind of deals. And then he asks you again, so how, how was the harvest this year? Did you, was it any? I'm reading right through you, husband man. I, it seems to me that you're being a little bit hesitant to show me what kind of year you had this year. You're kind of being reluctant to take me out to the vineyard and show me the fruit of the vine. What's going on? He's like, well, you know, I, I don't know what happened. I just, there wasn't a really good turnout this year. We didn't have what I expected. But, you know, it wasn't, didn't we give you the, was, was the seed bad? Was there any problem with that? No. No, that was top notch. You didn't spare any expense with that. Well, did, did some animal come in and eat it up? No. We had a strong fence protecting it. 
Okay, did you guys have any bad storms? No, we didn't have any bad storms this year. It was, it was a nice, easy going year. Well, then what was the problem? The problem's me, the husbandman. There's just some days I didn't feel like getting up. I just. So it overgrew. It overgrew. Overgrew. And uh, the weeds came in and choked it all out. And we've got to understand that we have such a tremendous responsibility as the husbandmen and caretakers of the Lord's vineyard. I'm telling you, Olathe is a fruitful place. I've heard preachers from all over the country talk about what a church God has in Olathe, Kansas. This isn't just a fly-by-night organization, friend. This is not here today and gone tomorrow. This isn't going down. We're having revival. We're going to bear some fruit around here. It's not just a, this isn't just Patty Corporation that's running. Their number one concern is the bottom line. You know why? Because if they start allowing things to dip below that line, allowing their expenses to go out higher than sort of income that they're, they're generating, Business. Eventually, for, for a while, it might seem like it's functioning okay from the outside. It might seem like it's going good. Everything's going to be fine. And, and if they do correct their expenditures and all this, they can bring it back up. Or if they generate more revenue, they can, they can fix the problem. But if they leave it in that condition with irresponsible management for a long period of time, eventually it will fold. And that's the reason their number one concern is the bottom line. This is the bare minimum. If we don't make this number, we're going out of business. If we don't make this number, we're not being productive. What are we doing? What are we serving the community? How and why is this business running? I don't know about you, but I go to work to get a paycheck. A lot of people do it because they love their job. Well, I do it because I get a paycheck. And the reason they're doing it is to get a paycheck. They might talk about how much they love it. And there are some people in there in that in my industry particularly that are passionate about certain parts of their job. But at the end of the day, if we took away their check, guaranteed they'd walk away. And so we're also working for that bottom line. There's a number that, that we have, that we have to have in order to live a comfortable life, whatever we think we need. And the same is true for the kingdom of God. I'm not saying that there's a certain monetary number that's associated with running a church or doing anything. What I am saying is that there is a certain level of consecration that is required. There's a certain level of commitment that is required. That if prolonged absence of that commitment, if there's a prolonged absence of that, or Sunday afternoon, and... Um, Everybody knows I wasn't here Sunday morning. But I, was, I came to this place on Sunday afternoon, and I just, I just felt like, man, I'm ready to have church. I'm just, I feel like having church. When I came in tonight, 
and we started singing the songs of Zion. And there was, there was just a beautiful atmosphere of worship. And, and people were coming into this sanctuary. And they lifted up their hands and glorifying God. That's what church is all about. It's not like you're doing it wrong. We're doing it right. This is what church is really all about. It's loving the Lord. There's nothing wrong. We're taking a few minutes and lifting our hands and worshiping God. That's exactly what he's looking for. There's nothing wrong with singing a few songs, even if they are the same songs that we've sung for the past few months. Because the purpose is not to sing a new song. Purpose is not to have something robust and, and, and energetic and something that will mm, shake you. But it's to honor Him. It's to worship Him. It's to magnify Him. It's to lift Him higher. Because, man, I, I've been focusing some other things this week, and, and Monday, man, it's been a, it was a Monday yesterday. I had so many things to get done, and, and I just got distract, distracted, and, and time and chance happened. Tuesday morning, I'll wake up, and some more problems pop up in my life, and I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't necessarily have all the solutions right now, but I do know church is coming. And along about 5 o'clock this afternoon, Jared started, started praying and started feeling out to the Lord and said, God, I know that you have a desire to talk to your people. I'm telling you that God is invested in this place. God has taken everything, has spared no expense in creating a vineyard in this place. And then he's gone out and handpicked certain husbandmen. This person, that person. Underline, fill in the blank. Okay? Everybody that's in this place, we're all husbandmen. We all have our own responsibility. So whatever you're doing, and I'm done. Whatever your hand finds to do, don't be lazy about it. Don't try to just get by. Man, I, um, the last time I was here, I made mention to my mom, and Pat, you know, we were just talking about it a little bit downstairs, that evangelist quarters. And I, I just told her, I was like, you know, when men of God come into Olathe, they need to feel appreciated. They need to feel like, man, this place really appreciates the ministry. They need to feel like that. They need to feel comfortable. They need a place to rest. And uh, so I just mentioned, I was like, man, that, that evangelist quarters, I wasn't downing it in any way. It wasn't like it was horrible. It just, there were some things that could be done. So I mentioned it to mom. And she mentioned to a few ladies, Sister Desiree, I heard, and Sister Nelson, Sister Larissa Nelson, and, I, and other names, and I, if you were involved, I'm not trying to exclude you. But I went down there last night, 
I was like, my word. I was like, I was thinking, okay, when I come in here, I'm going to have to gut that bathroom and put a new shower in there because that thing is trash. Whatever. And um, probably not the right word, but. But I walked in that side. I was like, man, that thing's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. All it required was just a little bit of diligence. All it required was just a little bit of effort. Somebody to put their mind to it, to, to whatever their hand is doing, do it with all their mind. They didn't, it wasn't like we went out and dropped a whole bunch of cash, but what we did have, they worked at it. Charm, course room, that's pretty cool, and these other stuff. And it's just, it blew me away that if we just take a little bit of time, and we're not, we're not trying to cut corners. It's not that, it's not that we're trying to make, make a, uh, get by given everything that we've got. That's really what we ought to do. We ought to just make up our mind that that's what I'm going to do. We ought to find, find a passion for living for God. Whatsoever the hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Amen. Why don't we all stand Let's just talk to the Lord and ask Him to put this message into our heart. God, I ask You, Lord, that You would speak to us today. Or don't let me leave this place the same way that I came. Jesus, if you, Jesus, if there's any area in my life where I'm cutting corners, I ask that You would help me to identify that. I want to give you everything that I've got. You deserve the very best that I've got. Hallelujah. If you feel like coming to an altar, you're more than welcome to. I'm not going to run you out of here without the opportunity to talk to the Lord. Let's make some commitments to Him. Jesus, we need You, Savior. Jesus, we need You, Savior. I'm not doing this so I can receive the glory. I'm not doing this so that I can, somebody can pat me on the back. What I am doing it for is so that you can receive the glory. You deserve the honor. You deserve the glory. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody talk to the Lord tonight. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Would you use me, God? I'm giving you my everything. Hallelujah.